From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, when being thin doesn't matter. If the IP is a little bit on the high side, we shouldn't really try to convince ourselves that it's okay because the CCT is high too. First this. You're enjoying As Seen From Here, the landmark podcast from the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, launched way back in February of 2005. Why not enjoy some of the other ASCRS offerings, including the ASCRS Symposium in Congress, the meeting to end all meetings in ophthalmology, or the ASCRS Winter Update, where you can meet one-on-one with some of ophthalmology's most important leaders in a beautiful setting. Or see the future of ophthalmology at iSpace MD, the global ophthalmic classroom brought to you by the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. If you're a resident, check out openophthalmology.com, an extensive lecture series on clinical optics. And remember, Residents and fellows can join the ASCRS at no cost. But please, don't do any of these things until you've enjoyed this episode of As Seen From Here. The Ocular Hypertension Treatment Study demonstrated that corneal thickness is a significant variable in assessing the probability of conversion from ocular hypertension to glaucoma. The question follows... Can we simply compensate for the thickness of the cornea to arrive at an adjusted intraocular pressure value? As you probably already know, studies have shown that this approach does not work. Serena Park agrees with this observation and goes one step further, suggesting that cornea thickness itself may be less important than the OHTS suggested. She presented her results in a recent paper in ophthalmology and I'm excited to have her as my guest today. How does Goldman Applination Tonometry work, Serena? So as you know, the Goldman Applination Tonometry is the most widely used and the accessible form of Applination Tonometry in clinical ophthalmic practice. In Applination Tonometry, the intraocular pressure is inferred from the amount of force required to flatten a defined area of cornea. The concept of Goldman tonometry is based on invert thick law, which states that an external force against the sphere equals the pressure inside the sphere times the area applied by the external force. But with the cornea, there is an additional factor of corneal rigidity and tear from surface tension to consider. So Goldman modified this law to account for these two factors. With the Goldman Applination Tonometer, when the area of contact between the cornea and the tonometer tip is 3.06 millimeters in diameter, the effective surface tension and the corneal rigidity cancel each other out, and the force required to produce this area of contact is directly proportional to the intraocular pressure. What is CCT corrected GAT, and what is its rationale? So the mathematical calculation for Goldman Applination Tonometry is based on presumed average central corneal thickness of 520 microns. So you can see that the thicker the cornea, the more force required to deform the cornea or produce this inflammation, 
So you expect that cyclocornea can lead to falsely elevated intraocular pressure reading, or on the other hand, cyclocorneas could result in falsely lower IRP reading. Goldman and Schmidt recognized the corneal thickness as a potential source of error from the very beginning um, when they first presented the instrument. The problem is that there is a wide variation of CCT between individuals, and many studies have shown that patients with ocular hypertension have increased central corneal thickness compared to normal population or patients with other forms of glaucoma. This raises concerns that the patient with thicker corneas may be misclassified as having ocular hypertension when their actual intraocular pressure is within the normal range and might be started on glaucoma medication inappropriately. Because of the variation in corneal thickness between individuals and the potential influence on intraocular pressure measurement when Goldman is used, many people have tried to come up with some ways of correcting the Goldman intraocular pressure to account for these variations in CCT. Um, these come in various different forms. Some pachymeters are supplied with a conversion table, and there are lots of correction formulae which have been suggested that you can plug in CCT and Goldman IRP and some other variables as well, and it will come up with an IRP that is presumably less influenced by variation in CCT. What is PCDT? And I, be, because PCDT is a non-applination technology, is, is it not affected by CCT? So Pascal Dynamic Control Tonometer is manufactured by Swiss Microtechnology and it measures IOP using principle on contour matching instead of applination. The key concept to how the PDCT works is the hypothetical corneal shape that is achieved when the pressure on either side of the cornea is equal. The tonometer tip of Pascal has the hypothetical contour which theoretically allows the cornea to assume its natural shape and minimize the distortion of the cornea. So when the tonometer tip matches the corneal surface, it creates a tight-fitting shell with the cornea, and all of the forces are directed to the pressure sensor embedded in the central tip of the instrument. This provides the direct measurement of transcorneal IRP and not affected by any other possible sources of error, such as surface tension or force that deforms the cornea. Studies, um, manometric studies in both cadaver and live eyes, have demonstrated that Pascal provides the closest um, approximation to the true intracamelar IOP. And it has been shown that Pascal IOP measurement is relatively robust and independent from various structural properties of the eye, such as CCT, corneal hysteresis, corneal curvature, hydration state, asymptotism, and axial length. Serena, what question did your study seek to answer? From a previous smaller study, we had also um, we had already found that CCT-based correction formulae were not really useful in patients with established glaucoma or glaucoma suspects when Pascal IOP was used as a reference. So our primary aim for this paper was to find out whether the usefulness of correction formulae differed depending on the thickness of cornea. In other words, we wanted to find out whether there's any validity to the approach where we say, Hmm, this patient has a thin cornea, so I think the true intraocular pressure might be higher, so I might treat him more aggressively. Or, hmm, this patient has a thick cornea, so the true IOP might be lower, and maybe we can discharge him. Serena, can I get you to describe the design of your study? So our study was a retrospective case series of 289 patients who presented to a specialist glaucoma practice. We excluded patients that they had corneal diseases or connective tissue disorder that can affect the cornea 
or if they had any forms of secondary glaucoma. Each patient went through a full ophthalmic exam, including slip exam, gonioscopy, and visual field. We measured the intraocular pressure first using Goldman tonometer, then Pascal, then ocular response analyzer, which produces value for corneal hysteresis in two other types of adjusted IOP based on corneal biomechanics. They also had the CCT measure using pachymeter, ultrasonic pachymeter. We always measure the Goldman IOP before the others, since the other IOP measurements are automated, so are less subjective. We then adjust the Goldman IOP for each patient according to the CCT using three of the better-known formulae or better-known formulae and correction table that came with the pachymeter. We stratify our patients into three different groups on the basis of the central corneal thickness, so that is thin, intermediate, and thick, and that the comparison means N95 limits of agreement for each group using Pascal IOP as the reference. We also analyze our data in terms of proportion of patients with more than 20% difference between the adjusted IOP and the reference Pascal IOP on the basis that 20% will probably constitute clinically significant level that will influence patient management decision for most ophthalmologists. Um, this 20% of course is an arbitrary choice. What were your results? What were your findings? We found that there was generally a poor agreement between the intraocular pressure readings from the Pascal dynamic contour tonometer and the Goldman tonometer. However, adjusting the Goldman IOP using the correction formulae or using the IOP from ocular response analyzer resulted in even poorer agreement. This was observed in both the overall analysis and when each CCT group was analyzed separately. When we analyzed the data differently and looked at the proportion of patients with clinically significant difference of 20% between the reference IOP, Pascal IOP that is, and the adjusted IOP, the correction formula worked fairly well for patients with thinner cornea. In the thin group, um, over a third of Goldman IOP had the clinically significant difference when compared to the Pascal IOP, which is actually pretty poor, and all of the correction formulae improved this proportion. With the patients in the intermediate tertiary, this proportion of patients with clinically significant difference remained fairly similar, around about 20%, for all the IOP measurements and correction methods, except for the Goldman correlated IOP from ocular response analyzer. In the thickest tertiary, only 13% of unadjusted Goldman IOP had the difference of more than 20% from Pascal IOP. However, adjusting for CCT and using the IOP from ocular response analyzer significantly increased this proportion, um, even up to more than 70%. Serena, how do you interpret these findings in light of the ocular hypertension treatment studies findings? So, ocular hypertension treatment study has demonstrated that in a large group of ocular hypertensive, that CCT is a risk factor for developing glaucoma. But our study shows that it has a rather unpredictable effect on IOP measurements in individual and it's only probably a small part of the whole picture of ocular biomechanics. So therefore, we should try to avoid adjusting up or adjusting down the Goldman IOP based on the CCT, or try to rationalize an IOP finding based on CCT. For instance, if the IOP is a little bit on the high side, we shouldn't really try to convince ourselves that it's okay because the CCT is high too. We think there is a potential danger that we could be falsely reassured by the cornea, especially in patients with ocular hypertension.
You've demonstrated that CCT correction does not make Goldman readings more accurate, at, at, at least when PCDT is taken as a reference standard. But could the increased risk with thinner CCT, as, as reported by the OHTS, have to do with more than the effect that CCT has on intraocular pressure measurement? For example, could, could thin CCT be a marker for some other factor like compliance of the of the lamina, you follow that that, that CCT is some sort of a biomarker. Yeah, well, yes, maybe it is quite possible that CCT in some ways is associated with lamina cribrosa or peripheral strength or rigidity. However, um, corneal thickness itself has not been shown to be significantly correlated with either the thickness of lamina or peripheral sclera or optic nerve head um, optic nerve surface compliance. So the answer is probably yes, but exactly how they relate it, we really don't know. In the context of, of, of your own practice, or, or at least in the context of the practice in, in or the, the, the clinic in, in which the study was performed, um, it, was PCDT uh, used as, as sort of the, the, the general means of, of checking pressure with patients? And how long does intraocular pressure take to, to measure with PCDT? Um, yes, it was used rather routinely. It was re- it was used routinely for all patients, and we found it very useful, in particular for sorting out for um, sorting out patients with normal tension glaucoma, who quite often turn out to have, um, for want of a better term, floppy corneas. Um, Pascal takes much less than a minute per eye, so not much longer than Goldman in a compliant patient. Although, most co- um, although more cooperation is needed than for Goldman because the measurement needs a fairly stable eye for 10 seconds or so. Um, I might also add that it can sometimes be quite frustrating, even in a compliant patient, as even slight movement from breathing can affect the quality of the measurement. It can be difficult to f- perform Pascal for squeezy patients and children and when rushed for time. Um, we perform Pascal along with Goldman at the baseline so that we have an idea of discrepancy between both measurements. And this could be useful for these patients as reference for the future. Do you measure CCT in clinic anymore? So we do measure, um, we do measure CCT in our clinical practice as fast as easy, and that's an information that might turn out to be useful in the future. Having said that, we don't really do anything with it. Instead, we prefer to monitor our patients and treat only those who have evidence of progression, rather than subjecting patients to treatment on the basis of implied diagnosis or calculated percentage risk. Um, two things about CCT. Uh, CCT measurement could be quite inaccurate if the ultrasonic probe is placed a little bit off-center. And there's also a possibility that CCT changes with time and with topical treatment. So if CCT turned out to be tr- truly useful, we might need to start measuring regularly in an individual patient which is not something that we do at the moment. Serena Park, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Serena Park published this paper when she was a non-training registrar in ophthalmology at Wellington Hospital in Wellington, New Zealand. She's currently an ophthalmology registrar at Nelson Hospital in Nelson, New Zealand. Her paper, The Effect of Thin, Thick, and Normal Corneas on Goldman Intraocular Pressure Measurements and Correction, appears in the October 2011 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Park 
or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.